to be a yogi. Episode 13. In which I interview Meg Kamanzo. But first, I wanted to give a shout out to my friend in India, Sarab Bale. He's probably still awake, working on a long project tonight. You can find him over at eSceneric. That's E-S-C-E-N-E-R-I-C dot com. He does software design and development, web-based development, industry design and development, mobile design and development. I have some ideas for an app that I'm going to run by him tomorrow, actually. I think I might make a million dollars. Why go to Squarespace and have them hire programmers in India for you when you can just hire the programmer in India yourself? E-S-C-E-N-E-R-I-C dot com. Use my promo code 2BYOGI and it will save you 20% off an already great deal. On an upcoming episode, we'll be speaking to Kai Yun Yu in Fuzhou, Fujian, China regarding the yoga mats she produces there at fucking Shanghud Plastics Products Company Limited. And then you can also bypass Walmart or Sports Chalet or wherever you get your yoga mats. And so, without further ado, let's get to the interview, shall we? Hello. Hello. Welcome to the To Be A Yogi podcast. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. So you're in New Zealand. Yes, I am currently in Blenheim, New Zealand, which is the tip of the South Island. Nice. How's in the, the Marlboro wine area. Uh, it's uh, very sunny today, nice and warm. Probably head to the beach afterwards. Very nice. So you're yeah. four hours uh, behind me here in California. It's 2.45. Mm-hmm. So you are, well, you became a yoga instructor, but you're not currently a yoga instructor. Um, well, I'm doing like private classes every once in a while. Oh, okay. I have, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not teaching at a studio right now, right. but I actually live with uh, seven other girls. Mm-hmm. So I teach them every once in a while. And, uh, oh, that works. You know, whoever's interested in classes, I can teach them as well. So you're still keeping up on your practice. Exactly, yeah. So how did you get started? Um, so I had a really amazing yoga instructor at Buffalo and University of Buffalo I went to school mm-hmm. her name was Tara and she just really inspired me she was very um inspired by my practice as well she was like oh this is awesome you're doing so well and she would teach me a bunch of stuff on the side we'd hang out all the time mm-hmm. and then she connected me with her teacher who certified her uh Francois Raoul in Rochester um, and I took a class there and I literally signed up for the teacher training maybe like a week later. <laughs> nice. That was one of the last spots to do that. And then I kind of went from there. So I've been practicing for about five years now Excellent. and teaching for about two. Yeah. And that was about the time that we first spoke on Facebook. Cause I remember we were yes. both going through our training. Yes, yes, exactly. Nice. So you were teaching at a studio after you graduated? Uh, yeah, so I was teaching down in South Hold on Long Island in New York mm-hmm. at a studio there. I'd pick up classes for some people. It was a little bit difficult to get involved in the teaching community there just because they already had a good... It's oversaturated? Exactly, yeah. So it was a little bit difficult to do that. But I started doing private lessons for this woman this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's about in her mid-50s, a little bit overweight, um, Heart. She doesn't have like good vision either, and a lot of arthritis. So that was a really, really interesting 
experience for me and for her. It was one of her first times doing yoga and she learned a lot, but not only that, but I learned a lot from being able to teach her. So that's what I really love is how much I can learn from my students themselves, you know? Now there's a lot of people, a lot of variety of people listening. I know um, some of us are yoga instructors. Do you have any advice for other yoga instructors who might end up working with someone with arthritis? Um, you have to go slowly and make sure you inspire your students to tell you when something is not okay. They have to be able to communicate with you, do a lot of research beforehand. I did a lot of research. I used a lot of chairs, a lot of props that helped yeah. a lot. Yeah. And um, yeah, just be really communicative with the student themselves because you have to tailor it for them specifically. Because she had even said that she had taken yoga classes in studios, but the teachers there really weren't able to adjust the classes for her. So she got a little bit discouraged with that. So, um, yeah, just make sure you're able to adjust and be able to do things on the fly, on, the, on your feet. So, uh, you know, when something was bothering her when I would teach her, I would just kind of think of something real quick and change it up, maybe use a different prop. So, now, I think, I think initially we met because of the hashtag yoga every damn day. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how you do it. That's how you go from zero to yogi. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you try to do something every damn day, but you know, it's not always possible. Maybe it's just like a little series of back bends or forward folds in the morning. Um, but just at least being aware every day of like where your body's in space, where your mind's at. Yeah. For me, that's more of a yoga practice. If you've than been sitting physical. for longer than an hour, things exactly, like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, sun salutation or two never hurts. Yes, that definitely is true. <laughs> now, uh, in your training, did they go through like the yamas and the niyamas and all that kind of stuff? Yes. Yeah, so we did a lot of yoga philosophy and Ayurveda, which I really enjoyed mm -hmm. in my training. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of trainings can lack that. A lot of it's just the physical aspect. Right. But we had um, a philosopher that came in and taught us a bunch of stuff as well as an Ayurvedic doctor. So that was very, very interesting. I enjoyed that a lot. I think I enjoy reading the philosophy more than uh, some of the other aspects in the Ayurveda. I was actually thinking for a little while to become an Ayurvedic practitioner, but uh, <laughs> now I'm in New Zealand, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I just um, interviewed a guy actually a couple hours ago who's mm -hmm. an Ayurvedic doctor in India. I oh. couldn't really understand everything that he was saying, but he seemed very knowledgeable to me. Um, yeah. So if you want, um, check out episode 12. You're going to be episode 13. Okay. And uh, he, he does Skype. He uh, teaches through Skype. So oh, that's, cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's one option. Um yeah. Yeah, I like how technology is kind of opening the world up that we can casually yeah. have a conversation between New Zealand and L.A. and people hear exactly. it in India. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. It's, good. it's definitely nice to be able to connect. So um, can you give us a, a few basics on Ayurvedic, uh, just just a basic rundown of like the different, you know, highlights or, or yes. subsections? Oh, thank you so much. So in Ayurveda, we have there are different doshas. So the doshas are kind of like who you are in your being. I there's think I a, remember that. There's yeah, five? So, um, there's three, but then there's combinations. Oh, got it. Okay. I'll let you I talk. I forgot. There's, yeah, <laughs> okay. So you have the pitta dosha, which is like the fire dosha. They're very energetic, very gung-ho. They go into plants very quickly. Um, and then you have vata dosha. Vata is the air and ethereal kind of dosha. When it translates into a physical body, they're very, very tall and skinny, very flexible. They tend to have dry skin because it's like a dry kind of airy um, dosha. And then after that, there's the kapha dosha, which is more like the motherly, loving earth kind of dosha where it's more water signs mixed with the earth signs. So pitta is fire and air, I believe. Vata is the air, 
what else is it? I can't remember what it's mixed with. And then kapha is earth and air. Hmm. So you kind of have those three. And you can be a combination of them. So I am mostly uh, pitta with some vata. So I have the fire in me, kind of that excited, gung-ho personality. And I also have vata, which means that I have flexibility and um, I have like a stronger nose. I guess that's part of it, the facial features. But it's really interesting because it's all linked to your diet. Mm-hmm. Everything that is linked to your diet. So you can have one of these doshas can be out of whack, so, so to say. So if you have a lot of inflammation in your joints or skin irritations or rashes, that's because the pitta dosha is a little bit too much at that time. And this mm. can happen in the hotter seasons. So you, when you're in the hotter seasons, like a summer, summer season, you want to suppress pitta. So you can do that by eating cooler foods like green vegetables, coconut milk, not things like uh, peppers or garlic. So you have to kind of tailor your diet to the season right. and to your dosha. And then for vata dosha, for me in the winter, my joints will start aching. They don't get inflamed. They'll ache. Um, I'll get dry skin. I, um, get, I get uh, tightness. And, exactly. Uh, tightness and, and things like that. And- and then during that time when it's a cool season, you would want to have those spicy foods, those soups and uh, yeah, other kind of hot liquidy foods to be able to moisten the joints and the you know dosha. So it's kind of cool um, okay. how it yeah how the seasons can affect you know your Very dosha at the time. Yes, yeah. I heard a theory that it um, those different doshas might mm-hmm. tie into blood types. I haven't heard that, but that that could be. Yeah, May, I mean, I I don't I don't know. It's something. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I um I added you know I don't know either a layer of problem or a layer of solution. I decided to become vegan. Okay. So so my uh, acupuncturist is always yelling at me to stop with this stupid vegan thing. Yeah. And uh, so I finally had to tell her like that she's offending me. And no, yeah. I, I I love my acupuncturist very much. And, and I, uh, she might be listening to this. And uh, hi, I love you, Kathy. Um, she's actually co-host of this podcast. Anyway, um, or she was uh, yeah. for a few episodes. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that ties in because I was talking to uh, the gentleman in the previous episode and he was saying, well, there's something you do where you take, you know, this animal and that animal and you grind them up and you rub it on your body. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't for me, you know, because yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I probably would avoid that. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm kind of in my first year of that and kind okay. of rediscovering how to eat like, you know. Learning how to learning the ABCs at my yeah age. to be well balanced and everything <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I have a bunch of friends that are vegan and I've always kind of like experimented with it at least just in thoughts like yeah maybe I should be vegan because of course I don't like the idea of you know eating an animal per se but then again I where I live on Long Island there's a lot of farms everywhere and you can get farm sourced like meat and right stuff, and actually know the exactly, animal know yeah. the animal know the person is doing it know it's done in a right way know that they're living in a you know a very comfortable way with huge right yeah there's yeah no blood in the milk and uh, exactly yeah, yeah yeah so uh just these horrendous practices yeah it's it's pretty disturbing what the modern day society is doing to animals and the earth in general yeah yeah 
which is part of what this is all about, you know, because mm-hmm. when we think, oh, there's nothing I can do, and then we start to think, well, think globally, act locally, and there's nothing more local than myself. Yes. And exactly. if, I can, if I can stop wasting all this energy worrying about what the people around me are doing, or even more energy worrying about what the whole world is doing, mm-hmm. and just kind of like take a minute to focus on what I'm doing and realize, exactly. oh, I'm breathing. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in a bad posture. Maybe I should fix that. You know? Yeah, it's all awareness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the mood expresses itself in the body position, and mm-hmm. and you can work that the other way around. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, is it different um, teaching in a studio versus just teaching friends? Oh, it's totally different. When you're teaching friends, it's much more like loose, and you know, you can giggle and laugh, and it's okay to make mistakes. I feel much more at ease with them, you know. Yeah, um, but in a studio, when you're first teaching, it's it's the scariest shit in the world because yeah. you're in front <laughs> of a bunch of people. Like I don't necessarily know any of them. They may have been practicing yoga for longer than me. They may be me. teachers. Yeah, exactly. They may be <laughs> yeah. teachers themselves, and you know, teach more than I do. But it's every single teacher has something to offer and something to bring because we've all had yeah. a different path to where we've came. So we all have different insights and different postures, and you know, different insights on the people doing the postures. So it's a uh, it's scary, but you know. It's fun once you start doing it and you get used to it. Yeah. Yeah, I try to, you know, because sometimes, and it's interesting, I can't help but kind of like, you know, when I'm talking to other people who are in similar situations, kind of wonder what, like, who are these people that are giving dirty looks, you know, from the the class that are kind of showing off how they can do these extra Mm -hmm. variations of the pose and then kind of like... I don't I mean some of the people that are that are really good I, I'm not talking about everybody so yes, if anybody's yes. listening to this I you know it's okay if you're in the back of the class and you're doing your own variations of the pose but there are there are some bad attitudes sometimes and yes, it's just it's, interesting when it's the people that seem to be the best at the poses that have the worst attitudes I'm like wow that's why I ask about yamas and niyamas because this, yes, yeah. this is you know podcast to be a yogi not just to do a do a few poses exactly I mean I actually kind of struggle with that in the beginning of my practice because I came from a gymnastics background so I had flexibility I had muscle memory from that I was generally fit and I could do a bunch of the postures that were you know extra or more advanced but I found myself initially it was coming from a place of ego and it wasn't coming from a place this is easy (laughs) yeah exactly so I was like oh I can do this and you know I'd look around the class and be like oh what is everyone else doing and it took me a while in my practice probably like in the middle of my teacher training where I eventually just let go of that shit and was like, yeah. all right, I'm doing me. I don't give a crap what other people are doing on their mat. Like if it's feel comfortable for me, that's fine. But it wasn't coming from a place of competition or yeah. ego anymore. That's like a pizza thing too, is we're very competitive, you know, we're very like type A personality in a way. So, um, yeah, so it's finally kind of settled itself down now where I don't have to feel like I'm competing with the rest of the people in the class when I do take a class. Yeah. Like we're a group, we're a community, we're all here to help each other and give good vibes to each other. But uh, yeah, I definitely struggle with that in the beginning. Yeah, it's such a relief to let go of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, because it, it'll creep in unconsciously. And then, you know, even as the teacher, when I'm uh, thinking, uh-oh, what if, and I just realize, okay, I'm not, I'm focusing on the wrong thing, you know? Yes. Like if yes. I don't if I don't meditate beforehand, for me I you know I visualize Shiva and visualize being you know a vessel of the you know the truest teachings of the mm-hmm. the yogi of all yogis. I mean, of course I'm not. Of course I'm not yes. doing that. But I mean, I 
aspire to that. You yes, know? yes. And uh, but if I walk in and I'm thinking, oh, I'm late. Oh, shoot. Oh, they're looking mm-hmm. at me. You know, then it's like, OK, Somet- sometimes those first few minutes, I'm kind of bringing myself into state, too. But it's better exactly. if I'm already in state. Yes. Yeah. Very true. (laughs) I've had a couple of experiences like that where I was rushing from a doctor's appointment from, you know, Western Long Island, rushing to a class out in Eastern Long Island. And it ended up being like 15 minutes late because of traffic and construction. And I ran in there all frazzled and I just like jumped right into it without settling myself down. And I realized that was totally feeding off from the students. You know, they started feeling a little bit frazzled. It took me like 10 minutes just to like chill out. Okay, here we go. Reset my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be able to save it and reel it in before yes. you know the yes. whole class is lost. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had an experience where I was I was doing all right. I was going to sub for someone, and I was mm-hmm. standing outside waiting, you know. And I was at a gym, so there was a Zumba class. Yes. And uh, and so then the the doors fly open, and all these sweaty people come out, and there's this loud music. And then the guy who was teaching the Zumba class comes up, and he's like, "Oh, what's next, huh? Yoga? Who's teaching?" And he looks at me like Aww. right in my eye, and he's like, "This guy." Huh. And then he like just struts off like a rooster. Oh, I couldn't believe so it. Weird. And I was so frazzled. I just couldn't yeah. believe it. Because I mean, he's a coworker. So it's yeah. like, okay, I want to like say, excuse me, let's step outside, you know. But yeah. uh, obviously, for obvious reasons, I mean, I'm about to teach a yoga class, for example, you know, you not the least. You don't want to get involved in that, yeah, <laughs> at that so, time. But it, t- it definitely took me a good solid, you know, 10 or 12 minutes to to get myself calmed down, yes, you know, yeah. which yeah, sucks no, because I mean, and they, I know they could tell, you know, yes, I'm t- telling yeah. them to breathe and relax. And I'm clearly like, not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not as relaxed as you should have been. Yeah, no, that's, that's tough, tough when you have stuff like that for sure. Or you're driving to a class and you know, someone cuts you off or something or gives you the I finger know, when you're I driving, know. which happens a lot in New York. So uh, <laughs> then you have to reset yourself and not get all, road rage on them and you yeah. know, get to your class. <laughs> so one interesting um, thing, I'm, I, I, I get to co-host a yoga retreat of 15 plus um, professionals from India who are coming to California to do a yoga retreat. That's amazing. I know, right? And so there's an, an Indian teacher who actually graduated at around the same time as you and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and I are going to be, be leading it and teaching it and then but it's going to be a little different i mean aside from the fact that it's all backwards yeah. <laughs> it's not california people going to india for a yoga retreat yep, yep, yeah, they right. also want to like sneak into town and have some nightlife too like during yeah. the yoga retreat and so i'll be the like the nightlife tour guide slash go. yoga teacher like so it's it's interesting i'm i'm, I'm along for the ride you know to see where it's going it seems yeah. very age of aquarius you know it's, it's all about balance you know yeah Gotta have some nightlife with your yoga practice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's fun. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about as far as yoga or being a yogi or um Well my uh, main thing for like being a yogi, like yes, you can practice every day. We kind of talked about this earlier, but mm -hmm. it's all about awareness. So if you get pissed off in a situation or if you're upset or sad, if you sit there for three minutes and just find your breath and you're aware of where you are that to me is more of a yoga practice than sitting on your mat and just going through the motions yeah you know you don't have to have that physical practice every day it's more of a mental one for me and that's what I'm working on more now because I started with a good physical practice and I have to like incorporate meditation into my day every day um so yeah that's kind of what I wanted to touch on that being a yogi is not just the physical being the yogi is having your awareness 
on where you are, what you're doing, what your breath is at, and being able to fix that or control it or just notice it. Yeah. So. I think that yeah, on that subject, the, uh, the yamas and the niyamas, I mean, it's very lazy to call them rules because uh, yeah. they're not. Um, they're observances. They're, um, mm-hmm. But I would say they're, they're good advice for, from, from one yogi to another or from the, you know, for, uh, the yogis that came before, um, that these are the things that will help you to be able to do that. That if yeah. you... If you um, cling, like if you if if you don't abide by a parigraha, if you cling mm-hmm. and you covet and you're you're mm-hmm. you're in it for some ulterior motive, then that mm-hmm. will lead you away from your breath and present time and exactly. your inner awareness. And you know the same with all of them. Uh, and then uh, one of my favorites is santosha, because it's mm-hmm. it's just sort of be content, whatever's yes, going exactly. on. You know, yeah. death in the family. Well, you know, you yep. gotta mourn, but ultimately santosha, be content. Exactly. I always liked um, Shaucha, the because uh, it's sort of a double meaning. Cl- uh, cleanliness is next to godliness, and so yes, I think yeah. Shaucha by cleaning, I'm shouting God. So I'm shouting. <laughs> That's how I remembered it anyway. That's, that's a good way to remember it. I like that. <laughs> and then tapas. I need to work on that one because I'll hold a yes. pose and write until it starts to be a challenge, and then I'll go to the next one. You know, if I'm on my own, yes. I, I have to have a, a tough teacher that you know to exactly to keep you. In yeah, it. yeah. So. But yeah, I guess that's the idea, though, is one day to be your own tough teacher and, and stay in exactly. the pose even when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. Very true. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me this morning on the To Be a Yogi podcast. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Absolutely. All right. I hope you have a great day. You too. All Enjoy right. the beach. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Meg, for joining us on the To Be a Yogi podcast. And uh, Robert Sturman, if you're listening, when you're in New Zealand. In other news, I wanted to mention that Bava's Fest, that thing I've been going on about for several episodes now, has been canceled due to a lack of interest. It would have been 35 teachers with 20 students having a wonderful time for four days. However, the organizers would have ended up losing $4,000 on the deal, so I don't blame them for canceling it. I do hope they don't give up, because the world could use more things like that. Speaking of which, Shikhar Bardwaj and I are going to be co-hosting a retreat. So far there are 15 people from India traveling to California. He and I will be teaching yoga, meditation, pranayama, and I'll be bringing my bells in Georgia a little Vajrayana as well. So keep an ear out for more details about that. It's going to be in the Santa Monica Mountain Reserve. Probably the Leo Carrillo site. Thank you all for tuning in. To the north and to the south. To the east and to the west. To the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below. We send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Namaste.